Welcome to Feeding the Flock and our expositions through the book of Ephesians. We're currently in chapter 5 at verse 15. Hi there, I'm Glendale Tony. I'm glad you joined me today for this Bible study. Let's begin reading, why don't we, in verse 15 of chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians where Paul writes this. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So then, That is a rather short reading for today's episode, but uh, there is a lot to unpack, you might say, Uh, and partly because there's a lot to understand, and also because there's a lot uh, that uh, is misunderstood about some of the things in these verses. So uh, we need to take our time, I believe, and look at these things in detail to find out exactly what it is that is being said, so therefore we can know what exactly uh, we should do in response. And um, we are now finishing up uh, the last section, you might say, of the middle area of this book. And uh, the middle area had to do with our life in the world, or uh, what some people call our walk. And that's uh, part of the way in which uh, this whole category has started in chapter 4, verse 1, of how we walk. How is it that we conduct ourselves in the world? And that uh, began in chapter 4, verse 1, and it goes really all the way through to chapter 6 and verse 9. And uh, those uh, various uh, uh, passages or those various uh, paragraphs include the worthy walk in the first half of chapter 4. And then in verse 17 of chapter 4 begins the different walk, or you might call it the distinguished walk, a different walk than uh, we were before and a different walk than, uh, than the rest of the world. Uh, walks and behaves. Uh, The first half of chapter 5 had to do with the loving walk. And now in verse 15 is the beginning of the wise walk in chapter 5. And so that's where we find ourselves. Uh, The wise walk uh, includes two things. Uh, That is, be careful how you walk. That means to give attention. We'll get to that in a moment. And then to be filled with the Spirit, verse 18. And if you notice, when we read verse 18, uh, at least in my translation, the New American Standard Translation, there's a, a comma there. That means uh, Paul is not finished with his sentence yet, but uh, we wanted to stop there in order to explain these things in these verses because in many regards, verse 18 is the heading command that is the heading or the uh, the lead command that uh, gives us the application that uh, really does extend itself all the way to uh, chapter 6, verse 9. And um, so rather than get into the entire passage, I just wanted to get into that head command, that uh, that lead out uh, phrase there in verse 18 about be filled with the Spirit. But that is the uh the um uh, the division of 
uh, this uh, entire section. So be careful how you walk. It includes making the most of your time. It also includes the will of the Lord. So let's, uh, let's look at that a little bit. Therefore, be careful how you walk. And that, uh, that uh, is translated in the King James translation as circumspectly. And uh, uh, that is a difficult word to say sometimes. And it also is a difficult one to understand when we're unfamiliar with that word. It, it kind of refers to, to, um, to the idea of accuracy or precision, but, it all, but the, uh, the original Greek word refers to look around to observe, to be alert. And um, that's part of what it means to walk wisely is to be alert what what is happening around us. So therefore, be careful how you walk. Uh, that, that doesn't uh, uh, refer to the way in which we put uh, steps in front of each other in our physical body, even though that that's not a bad idea to be careful in, uh, in that regard. Uh, I know that uh, my mother used to tell me to be careful and uh, because she was always concerned about my health and my safety. And uh, uh, that's sort of what's going on here, that uh, our behavior should be uh, given attention to, and we should look at it uh, with a, a certain kind of precision about who we are uh, is in our identity as well as how we conduct ourselves in our lives and in our lifestyle, giving scrutiny. That means we give attention to the details, but it also means that we scan our perimeter, you might say, with a certain amount of, of alertness. And uh, so both of these things, I think, are involved in this idea of being careful and to uh, walk not as unwise men, but as wise. Now, notice that... Uh, Earlier on in this chapter, in verse uh, verse 8 of chapter 5, it says, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So in some regards, he is still building on that same contrasting uh, idea. And in other words, uh, the darkness that he refers to in verse 8 now becomes uh, the unwise way to conduct ourselves. And the, uh, the light in verse 8, and uh, now becomes uh, walking as wise people. We are to be wise. And that means we are to uh, think things through and to uh, conduct ourselves with a certain kind of wisdom. And that wisdom, by the way, uh, is described in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. It says, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Uh, and much of the time we think of what Jesus has done for us in terms of those theological things or those doctrinal things that uh, jump out from that particular verse, uh, the idea of righteousness and sanctification and redemption. We associate those things with Jesus, but um, he has also talked about Jesus being the truth and uh, and he, here he talks about, uh, in 1 Corinthians 1.30, uh, he talks about him being wisdom from God. 
So Jesus is our source of wisdom, and he is to guide the way we think about our life and our lifestyle, our priorities, our decisions, our character, our reputation. All of those things are wrapped up in who Jesus is, and if we are identified with him and in him, then our conduct should be consistent with his wisdom. And um, uh, notice that uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, Paul exhorts this young man by saying, you, however, uh, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, notice that uh, Paul refers to the scriptures here that uh, uh, Timothy has known from childhood in his Judaism. That means that he studied the, uh, the Jewish scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. But notice that Paul accredits the Old Testament as being the source of not only wisdom, but a specific kind of wisdom that leads to salvation, and a specific kind of salvation, and that is one which is through faith in the Messiah, Jesus. And so it all is connected together. That introduces the entire New Testament uh, um, scriptures as well, but uh, through faith in Christ Jesus. And um, uh, James chapter 3, verse 17 says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, uh, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. The wisdom that comes from God is a supernatural wisdom. It comes from the scriptures, and it also comes from the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. First uh, Corinthians 2.16b says, but we have the mind of Christ. That is what the scriptures, that is what the Old and the New Testament ministers to us, uh, is the mind of Christ, and the Holy Spirit dwells within each one of us so that he can uh, transcribe that wisdom into our minds, into our thoughts, so that the mind of Christ becomes the way we think. And uh, uh, and it, notice that he says that there's a certain motivator <laughs> attached to this whole idea of walking as wise people. It says in verse 16, making the most of your time because the days are evil. That idea of making the most of your time in the Greek, uh, uh, the word time is not uh, what you would normally think of as the chronological time or the sequence of timing of things or events, but rather it is a a distinct uh, Greek word that refers to more uh, like periods of times or eras of, of times or seasons might be uh, a good translation in terms of the seasons or the even the strategic moments of time that has led uh, uh, led us into specific opportunities. So that's that's kind of what's involved here, making the most of the King James translates as redeeming because the original Greek verb there in that sentence means to buy up. We are to be strategic about the way we use our time. And uh, and by the way, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it eliminates uh, uh, rest and relaxation and uh, that sort of thing, but, but uh, that is part of redeeming our time is knowing when the correct opportunities are 
for rest and relaxation and uh, that kind of thing. But it still has to do with making sure we use our time the most effectively. And uh, that's what's involved here. And especially when it involves seasons of our life or seasons of, of ministry or seasons of opportunities. Certain seasons pass away and new seasons uh, present themselves. And that means we are to adjust or to adapt to, um, to various occasions. And um, it's kind of the idea that uh, we get in our popular culture about seizing the day, even though uh, uh, it has a certain that uh, phrase or that command has a certain kind of pride to it, and yet it sort of uh, means the same thing, and that is uh, not merely the moments of our time, but uh, entire life seasons as well. Uh, John chapter 9 verse 4 says, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Jesus himself understood that there was a certain time limit. There was a certain time stamp to his earthly ministry. And that that, uh, influenced what he did and what he said, it also influenced what he was able to give to uh, his followers and especially to the 12. Uh, Colossians chapter 4 verse 5 says, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders. There's that word wisdom again, making the most of the opportunity so that that uh, again is the um, is the focus that uh, we only have certain opportunities and we should make the most of those opportunities uh, in the seasons of our life. Because why? Because the days are evil. Well, uh, we're going to take a little break here and listen to the music and we'll be back right after that. motivating fulcrum, you might say, of this, uh, um, uh, this command about uh, making the most of your time has to do with because the days are evil, because these seasons may be priceless. They, they may come along, and uh, we, uh, if we fail to take advantage of those seasons, uh, then there is something else that takes over, and that is because the days are evil. We live in a fallen world, and uh, that means we live in a fallen society. That means we deal with people who are also fallen, and because of that, uh, there is a certain influence of evil uh, that uh, takes place, and that is true regardless of which culture you might be in or which uh, 
uh, human or civil government you might uh, live in or live under. Uh, and uh, it regard it uh, regardless of any um, uh, ethnic class you might uh, find yourself in or economic class. Uh, that means that uh, the days are evil. This is something that is now dominating human society and human life on earth. Yes, there are uh, uh, the glimmers of truth, and there are the uh, influences of of uh, godliness and righteousness. Uh, all those things are true, and yet the motivating factor that Paul wants us to know here is that uh, we should be aware that um, we measure our time, we measure our seasons, we take advantage of opportunities. Why? Because the days are evil. Uh, I think it's accredited to um, a fellow by the name of Edmund Burke, who said, what is necessary for evil men to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And uh, that is seems to be a reflection of the this very thing here that Paul is getting at, uh, this underlying motivator that we should be about uh, the, uh, the walk that he is talking about, the wise walk. We should walk wisely and uh, that has certain impact upon those around us. Uh, Psalm uh, 90, verses, verse 10, and then again in verse 12, I'd like to read that. Psalm 90, verse 10 says, As for the days of our life, uh, they contain 70 years, or if due strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. There's our season of life, and um, there's a certain realism about that even though perhaps because of advances of technology and advances of health care and a lot of other things, perhaps our, our, uh, our own life duration may be longer than 80 years. But what's interesting is how, how very consistent that particular verse has been uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years of, of human life on earth. It's still sort of a, a, a gauge that is still uh, handy to be used even today. Uh, but verse 12 continues to go on, so teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Notice that, that uh, somehow this time relationship, this opportunity of time, this season of time on earth is precious. It's valuable. And so therefore it should be filled with wisdom. And, uh, First uh, Corinthians 7, verse 29 says, But this I say, brethren, the time has been shortened. And if it was shortened at, uh, at, uh, at the writing of that letter to the Corinthian church in the first century, if it was shortened then, that it's shorter than it ever was. And uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 says, So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. In, Je uh, in James chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. That's sort of a reflection of something Jesus himself said at one time during his ministry. Uh, James continues in the rest of the sentence or the rest of the verse, that is, you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Now, it may not seem that way to um, some of us. It seems as though that we may just continue to live and live out our days as long as what the psalmist says, 80 years. And yet, on the other hand, we know that life is fragile sometimes. We know that life can be taken. We know that our time here on earth um, 
uh, is only guaranteed uh, uh, for whatever lifespan we have. And we don't know when that is. We don't know when we'll be called. We don't know when we're, we, we will cease to exist on this earth. And so with that in mind, then uh, we should take advantage of these opportunities from a spiritual standpoint uh, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish. And here again, is the word uh, that means senseless or or morally stupid is 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 one way of understanding this literally and so we shouldn't be morally stupid we shouldn't be ignorant of these things we should walk with wisdom and uh, so the positive uh, uh, side of verse fifteen of uh, of chapter five sa- says to um, uh, to be careful and now the negative side in verse seventeen is don't be foolish. And uh, so that's that's the uh, contrast or that's the, the same idea expressed both positively and negatively. But understand what the will of the Lord is. That means we, th- this uh, has the idea here. Uh, it could be translated uh, literally as joined together in the mind. Our mind should correlate, should interpolate. It should make connections with the things of God. Uh, and uh, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That means we should study the scriptures so that we make connections. Not every answer is found in a single verse. We may have to uh, look at lots of different verses to to get uh, a, a perspective, to get a a balance of truth or a balance of ideas or a balance of of even what we should understand. And that's what that uh, refers to is. Uh, is understanding, making those correlations, making those connections, uh, and uh, so that we walk wisely. And uh, in uh, chapter uh, chapter twelve, verse two of the book of Romans, uh, it says, uh, "And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." The way we think will determine what we decide to do and how we construct our lives and and the things that we allow into our lives, the things that we allow ourselves to do and where to focus on so that you may prove what the will of the Lord is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. We should know the will of God so that we could walk in the will of God. And that's that's what is, is the idea here. We should understand what the will of God is or what the will of the Lord is in this particular uh, phrasing. Uh, And so there are several different passages. You can go there, if you like, in uh, lots of different places. Uh, You can uh, uh, grab a concordance and look up the word will and then uh, look at those particular verses in the New Testament where the will of God is specified. And there are at least uh, eight that I found, maybe more, but... uh, there are eight places where it actually designates the will of God. Do you know those eight things? Because that is what it means to understand the will of God. First of all, Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it is God's will to, for you to be saved. Now, you can resist his will. You can rebel against his will. But that is his will is for men to be saved. In John chapter 6, verses uh, 39 and 40, it is God's will that you find assurance and assurance for the resurrection. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we've just now read that verse. 
it is God's will for you to be transformed in the way you think. In uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it is the will of God that you be sanctified. That means set apart for God's purpose in your life. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. It talks about it being God's will for you to conduct yourself with with respect to those who are in authority over you. That means submission in the uh, in the New Testament, and uh, uh, submission is not the same as blind obedience, but it does mean deference. It means respect to those who are in authority over you. Um, that is God's will. Colossians chapter one verses nine and ten. It is God's will that you walk in wisdom and understanding sort of similar and parallel to uh, this passage here in Ephesians. Uh, another, uh, 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 another part of, of the will of God is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6, where, it's, uh, where it is uh, 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 calling us to obedience. That is God's will. We should obey God. That is his will. Uh, you think it would be understood, but uh, it is specified as the will of God, as, and that is our obedience. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it is God's will for us to be thankful. That is part of God's will for us, is to be thankful. So uh, is we, if we are to understand the will of the Lord, then that is part of uh, of that and uh, uh, those eight things at least and may and probably includes uh, way more than that but those are the eight things we can actually look at if uh, with a simple tool like a concordance and looking those passages up and then it says uh, and do not get drunk with wine so there's the negative influence or the negative statement um, uh, we should not be saturated or intoxicated in our approach to God's word or in our approach to life itself. Uh, drunkenness is not something to, to revel at or to, uh, to value, uh, but is actually something to be set aside. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, uh, uh, drunkenness is, is in the list of those things that are deeds of the flesh that we should set aside, that we should avoid. And uh, um, the leadership in the local church should be not addicted to wine or, or uh, not addicted to much wine in, uh, in both overseers and deacons. And so um, in Titus, again, not addicted to wine, but uh, older men are to be temperate in chapter 2, verse 2 of Titus. Uh, and older women are not to be enslaved with much wine. So uh, uh, why is that? Because it says right here in this passage that drunkenness leads to dissipation. The King James has the word debauchery. Uh, that means uh, incorrigible or self-destructive behavior. Uh, and uh, a lot of times drunkenness and immorality went hand in hand. And so that means uh, we shouldn't squander our life in drunkenness or, or, or dissipation of that. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, they are surprised. Uh, chapter 4, verse 4, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation. So in contrast to the dissipation of drunkenness uh, is being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says here. 
is, is be filled with the Spirit. And we'll get into the results of that in the passages to come. But that verb tense has the idea of be being filled. This is a continual thing, to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In chapter 4, verse 30, the contrast is, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Instead, we are to allow him to fill us, that he is our new saturation. He is our new control. And rather than lacking control, he should be in control of us. And um, now we know that there's lots of confusion about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, and yet uh, this is not something we should be afraid of. This is something that he is allowed to control our life. And what's interesting, if you were to read through what is coming in this passage all the way through verse 19, uh, all the way down through chapter 6, verse 9, you will discover that, uh, that all of these things are the doable things of normal life, normal behavior, and yet they are the things that we are called to do under the control of the Holy Spirit of God, and He makes a completely, old, uh, completely new walk a completely new behavior in all the areas of our life. That is what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit. So we'll get into those things in episodes to come. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for these moments together in your word. Thank you for the power of those words. Thank you for the influence of those words. And thank you for the wisdom that comes from the truth of your word. Thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit can give us the strength, power, wisdom, and knowledge and understanding so that we can do your will in our life. Thank you so much for all your work on our behalf that you can equip us for the good works you have planned for us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed our presentation today. This is Glendale Tony. Join us again for the next episode of Feeding the Flock.